Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe. And this is Season 2, Episode 12 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Slated to release on September 16th, 2019. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. I'm never really good at that. But we're back. And we've got beer. We've got two. Uh, And since it's fall, and it's fall of 2019, we decided we're going to look at some pumpkin beers. So the first one that we've got here is the Aviator Brewing Company Pumpkin Beast. Not just any sort of pumpkin beast. The Aviator's Pumpkin Beast. Now, they say it's part of their takeoff series. Uh, It's a season of pumpkins and they taste great in beer. Pumpkin Beast is a Marzen-style ale brewed with real pumpkin for a subtle flavor. Uh, Let me see if I can find the ABV, which I know it's on here somewhere. Uh, It is 5.8 ABV, and I don't see anything else. Now, you got the sniffer of this Mm -hmm. one, so I'm going to let you talk about it while I take a sip out of the can. Yeah. Well, it's certainly not bad. Um, I think knowing it's a pumpkin beer, if you focus, you can taste the pumpkin just a little bit. Um, But it's not something that I think if you just handed me on a regular day, I would say, oh, this is absolutely, you know, a pumpkin beer. Um, It's not crafted badly, though. It's maybe a little bit bitter for my taste. But it's it's got it's pretty smooth. It's got a good color. I don't know. I guess I just want more pumpkin out of it, which I know is a very hard thing to do. Like melons are notorious. To I don't know. Actually, is a pumpkin a melon? I don't know. It's well, a gourd, I believe. A gourd. I, same principle probably applies. That really a lot of the flavor ferments out very easily. Well, now now I now that I you know. I think you're right that it is a gourd, but I don't know if like where the gourd and the melon family fit together. I don't know anything about gourd-specific brewing alcohol, but I have looked in several times to doing things like a honeydew mead or like a watermelon cider, and you can't really put the melon in and get the flavor. You have to do things like condense it down almost into a syrup and add it later because just of how much of that flavor comes from things that can get broken down. So I'll agree. There's a subtle hint to it. I would maybe... You know, not to sound too much like someone that loves Starbucks, but I almost would like a little pumpkin spice because I think that's what most people associate the flavor with pumpkin with now. But that's not that's not the way that pumpkins taste. It's a spice it's that not. you put in yeah. pumpkin flesh. So just to educate everyone so that we're all on the same mm-hmm. page here, pumpkins, squash, and gourds are members of the same family. They are part of the cucubitaceae. Bittacea family, I believe okay. is how that's pronounced. Might be wrong, but uh, it, it is, they're kind of like gourds. So they're, mm-hmm. they're closely related to them. Yeah, yeah. I think that most people would say they are gourds, but according to this, they're just related to. They're not, they are not exactly gourds. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I can see the struggle in trying to make it more pumpkin-y. And it, but you made a good point. Like Pumpkin spice is not what pumpkins taste like. It's just what we add to things that have pumpkin in them. Yeah. But... I think the same the same runs true of it's rare nowadays to see something pumpkin flavored that doesn't have the spice in it because that's kind of what people think of when they think pumpkin. So pump, pumpkin meat, you know, having grown up on a farm mm-hmm. and having grown pumpkins yeah. with my grandfather, um, not that I'm good at growing things, I kill them, uh, but having done all that, um, the one of the things that I would say about a beer like this. Pumpkin is a fairly subtle flavor, yeah. and it has like kind of a, a sweetness, 
but also an earthiness to it mm. that's um, that's a little bit more akin to like uh, the flavor of uh, butternut squash or something yeah. like that. You know how that's fairly sweet, um, and, and then if you add spice to it, it becomes saltier or mm. sweeter or more cinnamony or something like that. So pumpkins, you know, they have that kind of sweetness, meaty earthiness to them. And I do get some hints of that drinking it out of the can. I, I, I'm not drinking it out of the the uh, sniffer, like I said. So sometimes the aeration can cause yeah. those those flavors well, to get lost. Well, I also lost. think it hits. You probably understand that flavor more than I do because you've had it more. I mean, I've had fresh pumpkin, like you just roast up a pumpkin and then cut it up and like mash it, and you have like mashed mm-hmm. pumpkin as like a dish. But very rarely, again, I think it hits to. Anytime I'm eating pumpkin is in something that's also spiced, like a pumpkin right. bread or a pumpkin pie or, a, you know, something like that. Yeah, so pump, pumpkin adds a lot of sweetness and earthiness to that, but the cinnamon and the nutmeg and everything mm-hmm. else is what brings out a lot of the flavor yeah. in that. So, so pumpkin tends to be a more subtle flavor than even like a butternut squash. Mm-hmm. It can be. Uh, so in this, like, I, I totally, like, with the pumpkin, it reminds me of a pumpkin seed. Like, if you ever eat a, like, okay. salted pumpkin yeah, yeah, yeah. seed, it's the aftertaste that is pumpkin, not the initial flavor mm-hmm. necessarily. And uh, I'm getting that. And I think I think you're right. It's a well-crafted beer. Uh, it's not the beer that I drink all the time, but I wouldn't, if I had to choose between this and a Bud Light, I'd choose this any day. Yeah, I think I can I can get behind that statement. So let's, uh, let's try Southern Tier Brewing Company's Pump King. Imperial Pumpkin Ale. Now, one thing that I want to say about this is a seasonal ale, and I love their nitros. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is uh, one of those beers that I've been wanting to try. And this was the last pack on the uh, on the shelf, and I didn't see it in the you know make make your own six pack. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, well, I'm just going to bite the bullet and, and buy and buy this. Mm-hmm. I want to try uh, want to try something similar they made last year, and I'm not sure if it was exactly the same one. But um, I love the bottle on it. I love the the stuff. It's even got like the little pumpkin with mm-hmm. the with the crown on it. Uh, but it's eight point six ABV. Uh, so you know, in tradition of of them, it's much more yeah. uh, you know alcohol forward. Uh, but it says pumpkin pie in a glass is the way they describe it. They don't really give it much else of a descri- description, but that's the way Southern Tier is. And uh, I generally really like their. Their beers, so yeah. I, I like their nitro stouts, especially that milkshake stout that I was sending oh, you yeah, pictures yeah, of. Yeah. Same brewing company, okay. so I'll be interested to see what you say. Yeah, about. well, this one is is certainly nice. It's a little bit more alcohol forward than I like. Uh, I'm not I don't have a fan with the ABV, but it, it does hit you very hard at the beginning. But that's an apt description. It is very much kind of like pumpkin pie in a glass. It's got those pumpkin pie spices. One of them in it is particularly strong. I want to say it's it's nutmeg. It's something that leaves a very like earthy, almost caramely note on your tongue long after you sipped it. I feel like I took two sips, and I can still like in my nostrils feel that like caramely dark flavor. I uh, believe I actually believe that that is probably the pumpkin and uh, nutmeg, like you're saying, because mm-hmm. I can. It's like the mixture of the two. Yeah, because they definitely have a stronger pumpkin flavor in this. They do. I'm wondering how they got that. I mean, you can just go all in, ton more pumpkin. The way it sticks on me, I almost want to feel like there's an extract in there somewhere, which is fine. I mean, extract brewing is a huge thing. Um, you know, it's just like when you make a peppermint stout, you're putting peppermint oil in it, you're putting an extract, you're not brewing peppermint, like mint leaves. So I'm wondering if they went that route to get that strong flavor. Because that's I, kind of what I've always read you have to do. I think they did, because that's what, that's what it seems like uh, mm-hmm. Southern Tier does with their beers. 
And, I mean, this is not my favorite beer that they've done. I mm-hmm. think my favorite beer that they've done is their um, Nitro Stout. I, I love their Nitro Stout. Mm-hmm. Um, but their um, that Nitro Milkshake thing I had last time was really good. Th- these guys in Wicked Weed, they both really make some really flavorful beers. Yeah. But they're often very alcoholic also. Yeah. I... I... Gonna say this gave me what I was missing in the other one, but I still kind of like the other one a little bit better. Um, this is just very strongly flavored, which I mean, this one I would be able to say, boom, this is, you know, a pumpkin something. You know, I'm not proficient enough in beer to name the style of beer, but I'd say, okay, this is pumpkin flavored. Um, well, th- this is probably a stout or an ale. It's an ale. This is yeah. an ale. Um, and and uh, I, the, the reason I said stout to begin with is mm-hmm. normally whenever I get them, they are stouts. Yeah. And their beers all taste very similar, which I think is mm-hmm. um, something interesting to have out there. Uh, it's it's a New York-based uh, oh, really? beer company, so you know I, I kind of uh, find it interesting uh, that it's that it's a northern place, but they make very good. Very good beers. Yeah. But, so if you had to choose one to recommend, like you were just like yeah. I say, this is the one I would recommend that everybody drinks. Uh, I recommend everybody drinks both of them. Mm-hmm. But if you had to choose one, if I had to just choose one, I'd choose Pumpkin Beast. Okay. Um, it it's more subtle. It's a little bit smoother. It doesn't sit on your tongue as heavy as this one does. But I, I can still taste this one, which is not bad. If I'm if I was drinking just a beer to drink a beer because I'm watching some TV, you know, it's good for that because you have the one thing I love thing. I generally drink as like part of a meal or like it's you know from relaxing like a little popcorn and, and something right. and I feel like this doesn't mix with other things very well it's very strong and pronounced kind of for just it whereas a pumpkin beast you know I could easily have that at a restaurant I could easily have that as just a sitting out on the porch and you know watching my kid run around and play and nibbling on a little something so yeah um, mashed pumpkin and uh you know like pumpkin pie or something like that mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing that you want to have, like, the pumpkin beast with. You have steak and a potato and some dessert afterwards, and you're drinking this the whole time. Yeah. That's the pumpkin beast. The pump king is when you want to just drink something. You want to drink a beer, and you want to drink it outside yeah. in the fall while you're cooking, but you want that flavor of pumpkin. That's what you got. You got the pumpkin spice. Yeah, that's true. You it's the Starbucks of... Yeah, I'm not sure I'd go, go that far. Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the pumpkin yeah. latte. Of yeah, I guess I guess you're right in in uh, in the sense of how powerfully it's it's flavored. You know, we're gonna hide that coffee. Here's your pumpkin. Yep. Um, I can also see that the pumpkin being very good for like a Halloween party. Yeah, exactly. You know, again, a really strongly thing is you know it's what people are drinking while they're mingling. You know, so yeah, they're both good. But I'm, I would I'd be more inclined to take that pump piece home. Yeah, I think I think that I think I would too. I I, uh, I like the flavor of pumpkin. Um, I know that every, uh, but it, like I like it from the, not the spice flavor. I yeah. like the actual flavor of pumpkin because mm-hmm. I grew up eating it. You know, mm-hmm. like from the from the, the rind. So, um, let's move on into our topics. Let's talk about the Galaxy Buds. Um, these little black boxes that I let you listen to. Yeah. Before you came up, it's got a nice little flip lid. These things have been out for a little bit. I mean, well, I guess they released about a month ago, but I've spent a significant amount of time using these mm-hmm. at night and during the day. Um, so let, let me let me go through a couple questions with you before you start giving your opinion. Okay. What what did you feel about the sound isolation? Um, like the 
It was alright. So there was definitely some noise dampening to it. Not as good as you'd get in like an over-ear headset thing. Um, but just from sitting here in already like a semi-quiet room with people moving around, it blocked most of that out. I don't know how well it would block out like I'm on a bus or I'm on a plane sort of thing. But in terms of just like I was going to listen to music in my house already in like a, a mostly quiet room. I think they did a good job of like cutting like fan noises out and things like that. So this does have an active noise canceling type feature into mm-hmm. it, and it has a mic on it that it will let noise pass through. Okay. So you can adjust the the amount gotcha. of volume on it, um, which I, I felt like was a really nice feature. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's akin. You, you know the Surface headphones how they yeah. have that same sort of thing. You can mm-hmm. turn the the knob and it it lets the noise through. That they're pretty close to that, but they don't have as good of sound isolation um, as like my Sennheisers or something yeah, like yeah. that. But like you said, that's an over-ear headphone. They're not mm-hmm. going to have that. that I like noise. I like the variable aspect to it. I really like the idea that you can let sound through when you when you need to. Um, I know my next pair of headsets. That's going to be a very important feature for me. Now I know that you had worries about how well these fit in your ears and how, how well they'll stay in them. Yeah. But from just like a comfort perspective, when you mm-hmm. put them in, how, how do they feel? They are comfortable. Um, they're a little bit bulkier than a standard pair of like wireless earbuds because they've got some, some decent tech built into them, which we kind of just found out. It makes sense why they kind of need to be the size they are. But they are very comfy. You know, you'd think something like that would be very like heavy on the ears that like mm-hmm. you would drag down on them they balance them fairly well uh, with the way they kind of naturally rest on the creases of your ears so yeah i gotta say they they hit that part out pretty well because that's one of the reasons i generally don't wear earbuds is because they start to get really uncomfortable but i yeah. feel like those wouldn't get you know, maybe over a long period of time they get a little uncomfortable but they're certainly better than most you would buy so you know, I, I think those are the two most important factors in this. They're, they've got some nice things, like they've got wireless charging for the case. You can put them on a wireless charger or do wireless power share with your mm-hmm. Galaxy S10s, which they were released with, or the you know, Note 10 or whatever yeah. you might use. Um, right now, these are my favorite pair of wireless earbuds. I have three. Mm-hmm. I have um, the uh, iPod, uh, the AirPods. AirPods. I have um, ones that are in this blue case, and they're called J29 or J49 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and they, but they were, those were fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, but this, so the the main features I love about this, uh, USB C, um, so you know, USB Type C plug-in. So it uses mm-hmm. the same plug-in that my phone does. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I love being able to have an interchangeable plug-in. They have the wireless charging, so I can just drop mm-hmm. them on my wireless base to charge. The case has hours of time. I mean, it's it felt like I haven't I, I've used them for hours at a time, yeah. and they've never run out. Mm-hmm. They work really well with my um, Galaxy Tab S4, my uh, Note 9, and the S10 that I have. They're just they're all around. They they've got good features. I like the ANC thing. It's kind of neat. Uh, it's it's more of a gimmick than than some of the other stuff. Uh, I don't want these to block out noise completely though. Yeah. So what I think these are best used for is not when you're going on a trip, not when you're going on mm-hmm. travel, because they're not they're not the cheapest, but they're not the most expensive of this type of deal. If you're if you're going to the gym, they've got some waterproofness, or going on a run, that's good. Mm-hmm. But like 
when you need to do something in a common area with yeah. everyone else, the but you don't want to you don't want to pull out a big set of headphones like mm-hmm. you know you're sitting on the couch. This is what I normally use them for, um, or um, laying in bed, and my wife is doing something else. She's watching a TV show or she's doing something. When that happens then sometimes I don't want to be involved in those things. I don't want to listen to it or whatever. I can pop these in and out really easy. They've got some touch controls, all that other stuff. They're great. I don't have to pull out a big bulky headset, and it's really Mm -hmm. easy to make it so that I can hear what's going on around me if I want to. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. When when you told me about the kind of self-controlled noise canceling, like that would be really good for I'm studying in the living room, or when we play um, like our D and D games, yep. things like that. Because my room, you know, shares a wall with my daughter's. You know, I, I don't really like to put in super noise canceling stuff at night in case she wakes up and she's crying. I'm the only one on that side of the house. I need to be the one to hear. Her. But you know, in the middle of the day, when it's like, oh, I've got a 20 minute break at work, let me get a little music in. Boom! Just turn the noise canceling all the way up. It's noon. It's my wife's responsibility if the kid starts crying. So yeah, I, I can definitely see that kind of in. Almost more like a family setting, you know. It's yeah. a good around the house headset. Exactly. It's it's a great it's a great around the house headset. It doesn't feel like they're going to fall out like the other headsets that mm-hmm. I've used that are like this. I like the little. They've got this little thing that kind of like rests into the back of your yeah. ear that makes them really attach very well. I've ran with them on. I haven't had a problem. Walk with them on. Um, carry them out. I, I really, even though I've dropped them once or twice, they're pretty robust. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they're bigger than like a, a AirPod or something yeah. like that. And the AirPod, when it sits in my in my ear, it kind of doesn't keep a good seal, and it mm-hmm. won't. It feels like it's going to fall out because it's so light. Yeah. Um, I, I know they're trendy and nice, but they are just not my favorite. Mm-hmm. I like having them, and I use them with my Apple products. The only thing that I have a complaint about these is. A complaint that I the one complaint that I don't have about the AirPods. AirPods I can use with any phone. They're, they're mm-hmm. a wireless headset I can use with anything. Just some of their features don't work with just anything. Yeah, yeah. These will only work with Galaxy devices, as far as I can tell. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not just even Android specific. It's like vendor specific. Yeah, it's vendor specific. So Samsung only. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which which kind of sucks, but they but if you have a Samsung device, which you do. Yeah, that's true. And and you can get these for around one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and fifty dollars. That is a significant amount less than the AirPod. That's true. It makes them a bit more niche. I mean, you, you can't connect it to everything. But I guess thinking about the you know the stuff I said, the examples of when I would use this, I would use it when I was studying. Well, my phone supports Pluralsight and all the other things I use to study. Listen to music. I'm listening to that on my on. Well, granted, I don't listen to my music on my Samsung device, but I could. You know, yeah. it's it's a decent player. And I guess, you know, D&D, you could put Discord on your phone. So, you know, your mobile phones are a lot more versatile now than they were, like, when I think about them. I know I'm not an old guy, but I'm still in that mind of, like, when I think smartphone, I'm thinking, like, the first couple iPhones, you know, that were coming out when, like, I was in high school. You can do almost everything on your mobile phone now that you can do on a regular computer. So I can see it. I just I, I would agree that I'd be a little grumpy. It's like oh I can't connect to my computer. Yeah, that's the only thing I don't like. I, I guess if you had a Samsung computer, it probably would work. But which they do make yeah, them. They yeah, make they, they do. make Samsung uh, devices for that. I just I don't um, I don't dig that one thing. But like everything else is flawless, and it's one of the it's it is one of the best pairing um, experiences I've mm-hmm. had. That and the 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 AirPods just 
that those those are the two best features. Yeah, you just open it up and it just works. Just works. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I would recommend them if you have a Samsung device and you're looking for something. Mm-hmm. They've got pretty good battery life. Uh, I've tried to kill them. I haven't been able to kill them. Yeah. Charge uh, like I use them all the time. Um, I think that they're they're pretty great. Um, just overall. So, um, you got anything else you want to say about those? No, not really. All right. Let's talk about WeWork. So WeWork is a company that I've, I've heard a lot about, like mm-hmm. on uh, stock market websites and. Uh, in the news and um, some tech sites are talking about it like BBC News and some other places mm-hmm. were talking about it on their tech channel um, and, and you you had to look it up because you yeah. know like me I working where I work doing the things mm-hmm. that I do I don't ever have a need for anything like this and it's yeah. not a big talk uh, but um, that it still doesn't mean that I, I, I don't have like some thoughts on it because Interestingly enough, this is considered to be a unicorn, a tech unicorn. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about, like the. I did, I did so, that. so the unicorns are these special things that show up just every now and then. Mm-hmm. They're just these amazing things that show up, and um, their their chances to invest in something oh, that that okay. that's like a Dropbox or yeah. an Apple. Or an IBM. That's, that's strange. Oh, I guess how old are they? Because I've seen companies like this all over the place. Like WeWork's not the only one. Yeah, but so maybe we, they we were work, first. We, WeWork is not the first one to do flexible workspaces. Mm-hmm. It's not the first one to do like um, we build out your thing. Mm-hmm. But they have a kind of unique spin on it because they build out these very um, modern looking, stylish workspaces mm-hmm. that attract that so their their deal is is they'll attract new talent because they give you all of the perks that come with okay. the stylish workspace. So they'll they'll set things up like that and everything. So they're gonna they're gonna try and set it up like a corporate office that has things like the you know, free coffee and things exactly. like that. Make you feel like you're in a corporate office as opposed to just being like a dedicated workspace area. Have you a okay. beer fridge over in the corner? Gotcha. Got got you the the hipster music mm-hmm. on. You know they 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 serve kale. They have somebody come in and bring your uh, locally sourced um, grass fed yeah. uh, avocado. You know. Well, whatever. originally I thought you were going to different. I thought you were going to say well, we've got a kale chef <laughs> just for kale. That that's possible too, mm. but that, yeah. So they they're considered to be a tech unicorn, okay. which I have some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and this is why we're talking about. I don't care whether their IPO is gonna is losing money, which that that's evidently the big buzz yeah. is that they put themselves out to be a public offering, and as soon as mm-hmm. they did, their stock went from a valuation of like thirty seven billion to twenty billion. Like it was, it was worse than that from what I read. It oh, like, it's, it's dropping still, yeah. but it, but overnight, like in in a, uh, yeah. a series of hours, it went from thirty. 37 to 20 and it's still dropping yeah and but they're still going forward with the ipo mm-hmm. um so uh, unlike uh, uber i think who or what was it was it uber yeah i think when they did their ibo yeah ipo their stock went up i mean most things do it's rare yeah. to see you go public and make less money exactly but that evidently they're going to um and they're okay with that they really want to be mm-hmm. a publicly traded company uh but that but they're a tech unicorn now, there's a qualifier in there. They're not just a unicorn. They're a, they're tech, a tech unicorn. unicorn yeah. 
What what does that say to you? I mean, generally, when you think, you know, even not knowing the term before, if someone says, I mean, this is an amazing, like, tech startup, or this is an amazing investment for tech, you generally look for an underlying technology there. Like, you're looking for, oh, well, they've built this protocol, or they've built this application style, or, you know, they just identified some gap somewhere with, uh, like, a larger technology that invested in them because the big guy is going to buy the small guy to make their product better, you know. You're right in the sense that what is the technology behind a shared office space? <laughs> I guess they're they're trying to say they're looking at where they're available. They're built in tech cities, so I guess the the they're trying to attach on to hey, do you have a startup that's ten people, but you want to be super trendy and have a super cool office? This is how you do it. But they're they're mostly just in like large cities. It's not. It's I mean, large cities also have uh, you know industries for med- medical and I they mean, have offices for all these other places so they're not specifically it's not just tech, tech. yeah but I'll, I'll say all of the tech giants are there but not all of some of these other giant cities that do a lot of work okay. so you know like RTP was there San Francisco was there New York Seattle Dallas you know places like that that all do a whole bunch of tech work but then you didn't have like big government centers you know we didn't see the uh, at least i didn't when i went through it see the they have government them in places like that they just they, don't they do have more places much. they try to yeah. be more focused towards i think it's those that, tech, tech which i think it makes sense because from their business perspective you're trying to do a shared office space well tech offices tech come and go like crazy especially startups you're saying oh you don't gotta buy a building everywhere where normally people would just like rent one house which would be way cheaper than doing this is like but we can get you that like take office feel you know you're gonna walk in and this place is gonna look like the apple campus yeah you know but that was the first thing that surprised me is I'm, i was reading through it said okay we work it's gotta be like all these other share place things the first picture is like a really like put together corporate yeah. office and it's like oh they design corporate offices well that makes sense maybe this is like a this is how you get your first office built. Like, oh but then they, they do sell them like room to room yeah so yeah i i Yes, I get the need for it, but I don't understand it, especially not the price tag. I don't know yeah. if you want to talk about that, but uh, <laughs> I looked at how much in this area it would cost me to get one office, and it's cheaper. I mean, not cheaper. It's way more expensive than there's a building right down the road from me that is an office building that rents out individual ones, and it was several hundred dollars cheaper than what, what this is. Per month. Per month, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's a, it it... It's uh, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I I find this to be fascinating uh, when when dealing with this this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you're yeah. right. It's interesting just to call it a tech company because it's not really a tech company. And you know, I know there's there's a definite need for places like this because a lot of our customers work in places like this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're nowhere near a actual office for our company. And, you know, we give remotes, so maybe your internet's not that good. You know, I've worked with tons of people that is, like, getting our devices set up for the first time. And it's like, oh, hey, what do I need to go tell the tech guy for the building? Because I just rent this one office and I want to throw my device in it. So they're there, but at the same time, I, I don't think shared office space and think tech. I completely agree with that. I don't think shared office space and think tech. Yeah. That just doesn't seem like the sort of thing that I go. This is what this is what I really need to to deal with when when it comes to yeah. talking about or thinking about this sort of this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I feel like 
if we just extrapolate this, we start saying, well, what if we called other companies that we heavily rely on tech companies? It's like, is FedEx now a tech company? Every single device we ship goes through FedEx. FedEx is a core part of our operation. Yeah. It doesn't make a tech company. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing wrong with just being, you know, a delivery company or another company. I mean, you make your money. The, the classifier doesn't matter. But it, it, it almost strikes me as that kind of, like, snooty thing we get into tech sometimes. We're like, oh, this is a software thing. You're like, this is a networking. Like, we put titles on everything and kind of try and put it in this hierarchy of, like, who's the most important, who's the specialist. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's just bleeding into this. And it's like, you know, you're not just a great company. You're a tech company. You know, like <laughs> emphasis right there on it. You, you make get, you get different rules because you make, you're tech now. You you make the best jellies in the world, but because you only sell them to yeah, places in San Francisco up. that make routers and switches, you're a tech company. Well, no, you make the best jellies, <laughs> but you only sell them to San Jose cafeterias. Oh, that's true. Therefore, <laughs> you're therefore. a main driver in the tech industry. Yeah, that, that works too. Google Chrome would have never got made without my Blueberry Jam. Exactly. I'm a, I'm a tech influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that said, um, let's talk about something that actually is technology. Mm-hmm. Instead of complaining about WeWork and uh, like how that's WeWork. just some BS. Not, I know that got critical on you, WeWork, but your, your company does matter. Just maybe... Not as a tech company. Don't, don't as, from, it's, it's insulting to me to say that you're a tech company. I don't, um, unless, I don't see the insult. Uh, it's unless, just, I just think it's silly. I think it, they're scamming investors. That, that, that's, that's, kind of, that, that's, that's where I see the insult, yeah, yeah. is that it's, it, it's, it's saying we, we deliver something like this when we don't. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not... Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not... Yeah, that's I, not critical I, I think, on them. It's just the idea that, like... Tech companies are investments the way they are because they're very immediate hit or miss. Exactly. Uh, a startup lasts for maybe two, three years most of the time, and you're either going to make tons of money because you did a great product or you got bought out by somebody, or you're going to crash. You're going to make a new one. So I, I think I think when uh, I think the the thing that I miss miss said is I said it's insulting to me. I just meant like from in my opinion, it's insulting to tech companies to call yourself a tech company. If you don't do anything that's technically, you know, like mm-hmm. in that realm, um, a support company definitely, you know, something like that. But I, I was actually wanting to talk about the iPhone 11. Okay. Have you? Um, did you watch the Apple event? I did. I never those watched the Apple event. Do you care about that uh, that Apple event that happened? No, no, no more in my life. I had to care a whole lot for my job for like a year and a half, and then I never wanted to care again. <laughs> <laughs> did, so did did you see? that they released a new iPhone. I have seen they've released a new iPhone, and I have seen memes. That's my <laughs> gateway to information. That's how... The only reason I know an I, uh, ear, whatever they're called, AirPods exist. <laughs> so... Or the Apple saying any of that. All I get is the people showing pictures and a price tag and people laughing at it. That's the only thing I know about Apple. Anymore. So, okay, thousand, $1,000 <laughs> phone, you know, for the, for the, the big boy, mm-hmm. but $1,000 plus phone. Yeah. Uh, but... The the base model is mm-hmm. pretty cheap. Okay. It's like you know, six fifty, I think, something like that. Yes, yeah, it's much cheaper yeah. than compared to uh, most flagship phones. That's yeah. not a bad price tag. Uh, maybe it was seven fifty. I, I can't remember, but it's still it's cheaper. Yeah, than it was last year or last time. Mm-hmm. Um, they went from the X, you know, for yeah. ten. 
Oh yeah, so they go back to a number now. They went, they went back to a number. After it was supposed to be like it's X point one. And they went from the max moniker mm. to having you know you have like the eleven and the eleven plus, which is like your base yeah, model yeah. with the big, the bigger and the smaller one, mm. and then you have the uh, eleven pro and the I think the eleven pro plus or mm. max or something like that. But they they went from the the you know like the the different weird XR and XS and yeah, all that yeah, other yeah. stuff monikers to, to try to differentiate their better mm-hmm. so they created one that's like basically a point and click kind of camera type deal um, that's meant for like as a professional yeah. phone I don't I, I mean I guess okay phones now we use them I use my phone in a very professional manner mm-hmm. email but it's still it's just a gadget that I consume stuff on. Yeah. Like I play a couple of video games, I read some emails, sometimes I respond to texts or chats. Uh, but like I would I if I need to respond to a CEO of a company mm-hmm. or something like that, I'm not doing that on my phone. Yeah. I'm going to go sit at a laptop where I can type things out. Um, now, if I had a keyboard and some other things like that, that might change my opinion because the phone is powerful enough to handle those. Mm-hmm type of things oh, some qualms about the size of the screen and everything I, even, even though I use a bigger bigger phone um, but still I'm not sure how I feel about the pro moniker um, existing on on something like that mm-hmm. that's a, that is a bit of a interesting decision I don't know I, I get it they, they've been, we've been using that moniker on things for a long time you know, it always made sense for operating systems because you've got your home version, your professional version, basically like your home and your enterprise. Then other people grabbed it up and Pro just became the plus or whatever. It's it's terminology people know. You, if you bring me an iPhone 9, like MXS, I have no idea what MXS means. Uh, but I understand base model, Pro model, you know. At least they're doing iPhone... 11. One person once told me that uh, we should switch all of the iPhone names to the way they do the OS names. When it's like, no one actually knows the number, talks about the number, it's like, oh, this is Mountain Lion. This is whatever the new thing is. And, you know, they were a customer, so I didn't say anything about it. But I was screaming <laughs> on the inside. Worst part about it. I, stick to your numbers. Because I can look at a piece of documentation and say, oh, it's been out since, you know, 10.4. It's like, okay, and this person's got 10.7. They should have this feature. But if you tell me it's been out since Meerkat, and then someone walks in with, you know, Elephant Zebra, I don't know where in the hierarchy Elephant Zebra came from. <laughs> you know? I look it up almost every time. You know, I, I guess I know, like, four OSs really well because I supported them. But after that, I've got no idea what these names are. Yeah, it's it's a bit ridiculous. It, it, does, it does come down to... Uh, a bit of some some pretension there, yeah. like we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'll admit <laughs> the same thing with Android. I, I know a couple people in my life who refer to it by the, the name. It's like this is chocolate bar. And it's like no, no, no. What number is it? <laughs> is, is what, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. If this is Oreos. Is, is this nine? Is this ten? Yeah. I don't. Don't, don't give me snack foods. Don't just make me hungry while talking <laughs> to me. I get no information out of it. So, let's talk about another travesty, Borderlands 3. Yeah. But what? So, I, I like the book. Let, let's start with, I've played all of the other Borderlands mm-hmm. releases. Yep. I loved all of them. Um, 
But one of the big things that Borderlands 3 said is that they weren't going to go down the route of having all the like crazy uh, subscription-based stuff for mm-hmm. their... Uh, game, and they weren't going to try to like you know nickel and dime you. They were going to you know go a little bit more back to the roots where they you know yeah. had like tales from the Borderlands and the original Borderlands where they um, or even, even um, some of the other stuff that they did where even though they might have had a DLC, it was just like a release. It was like an addition to the game. It yeah. wasn't like fifteen skin packs and you know things like mm. that. That doesn't seem to be true. And the big problem is that they're an exclusive. Yeah. They're they're a an Epic Games exclusive. Now, we're not just talking about Borderlands 3 at that point. We're talking about is it like do I want another game store? Do mm-hmm. I want to have to like buy my stuff and get locked into one place to be able to play yeah. this game? I mean, that's just going backwards in time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going back to the days when you had if you wanted to play Again, this makes your PC again like a, mm-hmm. a, a console. If you wanted to play a game that was, you know, released on this type of platform for this thing, that the only way that you're going to get it is if it's compatible with this certain thing. And they're creating artificial compatibility layers now. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, nothing explains this situation as well to me as when. My wife started talking about this game. We have played every single Borderlands. She's played all the Telltale ones, like anything Borderlands related. We played through anything that's two player. We played through together multiple times. You know, since we were still just starting to date in college. I mean, we started dating in high school, but you know, we weren't engaged yet or anything like that. We played these games. We loved these games. My wife also has no barrier for how hard it is to get something alternate set up. You know, she'll walk in. It's like I've heard about this little indie game. I've heard about this old game. I really want to play. Supposedly, you can just spin up some emulators and you can go find the ROM somewhere. You can go root kit your Wii to get it to play (laughs) the other side. And you know, she'll throw these things at me. It's like, can we play this like one Japanese version of this game? It's going to require you to learn how to jailbreak one of your consoles. And it's like, maybe if I can find the time. But she was like, oh, it's on the game store. That sucks. I really wanted to play that. Like, just it being on a different store that she didn't want to perk off with enough to kill her. She'll she'll set up emulators to go play some old game, but she she doesn't want to install the Epic Store because of how kind of bad reputation it has. Well, so so I don't think... I mean, I have the Epic Store installed because mm-hmm. I have a game that was bought by them. And yeah. The only way I can play it now, Dauntless, is... And so, before, Dauntless was his own mm-hmm. installer... Um, and and that that was you know fine whatever yeah. I get I get another thing that I have to install it under it wasn't like under Steam or anything like that mm-hmm. no big deal I backed this game and it's kind of fun it's kind of like a Monster Hunter before Monster Hunter came out on yeah. PC um, you know that like those those are some things that I I'm okay with. But when it comes to the exclusive things, like I just yeah. can't, I can't, I can't reward that behavior, because what it does is that they're uh, most of the people that are going through this don't remember this in the past, and it kind of seems like, you know, Epic Games is being the good guy by doing this and everything yeah. in some ways. But there, there was a time where we had different architectures for mm-hmm. our graphics cards. We had in, in like the late '80s and early '90s. You had to get a sound card that had a specific type of sound card for 
Duke Nukem to play mm-hmm. and Doom to play. But then, if you wanted to play Commander Keen, you had to have another set of graphics yeah, yeah. cards and sound cards to be able to play that, and it had to be compatible with this mode in order to get the best graphics. And so there was like vendor lock-in, mm-hmm. and there was people that were in bed with this vendor over that vendor, and this is the exact same thing. It's just instead of it being a hardware restriction because we had people that were doing different architectures and they didn't agree, now everybody agrees that x86 plus these types of video cards and sound cards Mm -hmm. work, so the hardware is agnostic at this point. This is a completely artificial restriction that's being set up like that. Well, here's the thing. When I first heard about the Epic Game Store... I was like, okay, I mean, I don't think that's going to take off as well as Steam because how big Steam is. But cool, it's good to have... I'm not against other stores. But the problem is, when you're going to games and you're making them exclusive, you're basically like saying, you know what, hey, hey, I think Starbucks is too big. Starbucks, uh, you know, they need competition. They need real competition, not these little smaller, like, you know, you have a lot of indie studios have just like standalone install games. Mm-hmm. They need a place that they can come that... We'll give them more money. We'll be a better coffee company. And so then they open across the street, but then they also hijack Starbucks shipments of coffee. Yeah. It's like you're not presenting a better product. You're hijacking a product and saying, only I can have it. And therefore, if you want it, you got to come to me. That's Do, not better. Doing the exact same thing with fewer features and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just make it, if you want to fight them as a store, just make a really good store. Yeah. Like, just really invest and make it a good marketplace and see how much shifts to you. Don't play this game of, oh, well, we want to be a better market, but, uh, oh, you bought that game? Well, you know, here's my gun pointed to you. You want to keep playing that game? You play it over here. So here, here's, here's a thing right here. Like, regardless, I don't really like Steam. Mm-hmm. I tolerate it because that's where my game collection is because that's the only, that was the really only place that you could buy them for a while. Yeah. And then there became GOG, and GOG created its own installer. And GOG stuff is DRM free. And all this other like greatness about it. Nobody is talking about this in this discussion. Mm-hmm. You've got an alternative that like Lutris and GOG that are DRM free, open source, or in some way, uh, you know, follow that philosophy of mm-hmm. we don't want to restrict you from yeah. being able to play your games that you want to play the way you want to play them. Um, and I love that philosophy. This the the gaming community is basically just eating eating itself alive by creating these artificial mm-hmm. DRM standards by creating all this other stuff, and I understand that people pirate and steal, and it's it's laughable that we compare um, stealing a video game uh, to plundering and pillaging and raping uh, your way through <laughs> an area of the world. But okay, whatever. If that's the term you want to use it, you want to empower those people to make them feel like they're badasses when they're really just, you know, thieves, great. That's that's whatever. But um, the, 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 the real problem I have with this is either side of this is not great. There's yeah. not, like, like I mean, I, I like Steam for some things, but I don't like it for others. 
if you're going to go with something, and I mean, eventually GOG's not going to be good in every aspect mm-hmm. either because CD Projekt Red can't be perfect. They're human. Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. So I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not criticizing from that standpoint. I'm just saying there's there are there's a right way to do something. There's a wrong way to do something. Someone should still be able to make a profit. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have their stuff stolen, but it needs to be reasonably priced. And once I own it, I should be able to use it the way I want to. Yeah, That's good when it's like you have to use it in this way or we've built in a timer to where it's going to die or you need to pay us more money looking at you WB and your stinking game for like the freaking Lord of the Rings uh, uh, I just I can't even get the words out, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, you know the, the there's games that I've been excited about that mm-hmm. in the past had like really good things. Borderlands was one of them. Yeah, and even though it had microtransactions and it had some other things like that, going down this route just like instantly makes me go, you know what? From from like a moral standpoint, mm-hmm. and games are stupid. Like I don't I don't need to have moral standpoints yeah. on games, but the, but this. So we were talking about having subscription-based pet health care. Mm-hmm. This is subscription-based gaming. Everyone looks at stuff like this from entertainment, and they say, I need to get a piece of that. Companies, big corporations do it, everybody. And the, the subscription-based thing makes sense sometimes. Like, if you're going to get a streaming service, totally makes sense that you're going to use subscription-based. But if you're never going to make it so that I can own my own movies and the only alternative I have is to pay you a monthly fee, mm-hmm. that is wrong. That, yeah. is, that is bad. Um, if you're never going to make it so that I can own my own music, that, that I can... Like, I don't want to own... I don't want the rights to your music. I just want a copy of it that is mine. Mm-hmm. If I can't do that, if I pay you money and I don't get that option, then you're not, you're not like giving me a better option. No matter what the perks are, all you're doing is giving is saying, "This is on my terms. This is my thing on my terms. You don't get to have this sort of thing." Um, and and that's that's not really that's not really like in the in the realm of like mm-hmm. good things. That's more not good. Yeah. You know, that's that's less good. So, I think Borderlands Three, for all of their great things that we had from that that uh, that that set of people those developers and everything. I, th- I think that they, they screwed up, up on this one, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say where's that line between developer and publisher that messed something up because, you know, developers generally don't get a say in their distribution of their game. And I don't. I haven't seen the reviews for the game, so I can't tell you how good the game is or not. But yeah. it definitely, I think, is a, is a bad call. Uh, I think the Epic Store has made some very questionable decisions. One with uh, making things exclusive... They also, I think, have sold things very poorly. Um, one of their big arguments against Steam was like, look, we had Metro on Steam, and hardly anybody ever bought it. But we brought it over to the Epic Store, and it, it just sold tons. And that's to say, well, you pulled it over to the Epic Store at the same time people like PewDiePie are doing playthroughs of it. Like, it, you didn't advertise it very heavily, and you pulled it as it was starting to get more visibility. So, are you going to say that you act that you that your store, the Epic Store, has five times as many people on it than Steam does? It's clearly not true, you know. And that was kind of their implication. There's more people buying games from Epic Store than are buying games from Steam, and that was just kind of flat out a false uh, allegation. It, it, it is very true. Um, 
Yeah. So, whatever. I, I just, I, I, I think that as much as I want to have that competition, I feel like competition is good. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to bring something that's equal or better, I mean, the Galaxy 2.0. Uh, I don't know. Have you heard about that? Mm-hmm. So basically, GOG had like Galaxy 1.0. It's this their storefront. Yeah. You can go in, buy games. It's, it basically, it's got a lot of the features mm-hmm. that Steam does. It has a chat and a friend and social, all that stuff. It has server linking. 2.0, you can link all your other services to it. So it's, it's in beta right now. Yeah. But you can link all your other services to it. So like my Sony um, PlayStation account... Mm-hmm. I can link to it, and they see, you know, when I've played Spider-Man, or when I've played The Witcher, mm-hmm. and give me stats on it, and my bonuses, and all those other things, which don't really make a big deal. I mean, yeah. like, I don't care that much about it, and there's some integrations that aren't great, but those are features that you kind of have on Steam in some ways, mm-hmm. like, may not be for outside stores, but yeah. you have, like, some of those things on Steam. So, like, why can't the Epic Store focus on some of those things instead of buying? Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of my complaint. With it. My, yeah. yeah, that's always that's my complaint too. Is I just want if you're gonna make an alternate store, if you're gonna make the competitor to Starbucks, actually just try and build a really great coffee shop. Don't start stealing certain farmers from them or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the closest analogy to that is, that you're you're starting to get exclusive coffee that Starbucks used to have, but now they can't have it anymore because it belongs to your coffee shop. Now, that's not how you make something better. That's how you just become the same thing. You, know, you just try and steal all the Steam's games. You've got the same problem Steam has, but then you don't have the good store to go with it. So you're just you're trading out negative for negative. Yeah, you're 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 just going from one taskmaster to another, mm-hmm. and that and and ultimately it's it's ruled by profit. Yeah, you know I, I'm I'm going. I mean, they, their big thing is we're going to give developers a bigger cut because mm-hmm. they should get a bigger cut of their of the game that they made. But do you think, I mean, if they're willing to do some underhanded tactic like advertising on another platform and then stealing the game and pre-orders from that platform, because yeah. they did that with Shenmue, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I backed Shenmue on Kickstarter. I'll never back an Is project again. So basically, right now, negative press, normally don't give it. I think IsNet is a scam. Um, mm-hmm. I played the other Shenmue games, and I, yeah. and I liked them a whole lot. Um but they basically, you know, promised one thing and did a complete different thing. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing with Borderlands Three. I didn't. I did not pre-order. I haven't pre-ordered a game in a while. Even like done a video game Kickstarter yeah. because stuff like this is happening. Mm-hmm. And if developers keep doing that, I don't want your games. I don't want to pay ahead of time. No matter how hyped you get me about yeah. your game, I don't want to buy it. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I'll mm-hmm. take that back. For CD Projekt Red, I'm kind of still okay with them doing that because with The Witcher and some of their other games that mm-hmm. they've done, these things they've been they've been good about making sure that they take care of their fan base. Yeah. But when when you're in a war between like two different groups, I'm just I'm not I don't want to be in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. And if you're going to screw one group of people over, you're going to screw me over eventually. Yeah. You know. So I, I just don't want to be involved in that, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, at all, um, and here I am rambling off of my off of my big um, high horse about stuff. Um, let's talk about Spotify and subscri- okay. and their subscription plan. See, it all and, works together, and and, and how they're doing some crappy things too. So, what 
so Spotify has a family plan. Have you heard mm-hmm. about this? Do you, you know what that is? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, you, do you use their family plan? We do. Okay. So um, who would you define as your family that could use that plan? I'm going to tell you right now, because when I read the little excerpt there at the line, I was flabbergasted. I consider my family legitimately anybody in my family. Like, I, you know, I've got some people that are really close friends. He's like, well, does that count as family? I'd generally say no. I'd say it's like blood relatives. And me, my wife, my kid, my parents, my sister, that's my family. Because that's how it's defined anywhere else. Well, so family is can be defined in two ways. It can be defined by the group of people, uh, parent and their children, parents and their children that live in the same residence. Or it can be defined as a set of ancestors like a, a lineage mm-hmm. so your family can be one or the other well um, that that's true when we start talking about what are like broad definitions but i think about family plans in the same way that most other places set up a family plan you want to go and you want to get a family plan for your phone because what i always connect spotify to because that's what like 90 percent of people use spotify yep. for my mother who lives in here in north carolina it's still on the family plan with my sister that lives in New York because they are family and it does not matter where in the world they are. They're still family. It's still the same group of people that are all hooked into this because they're the people that are going to be calling each other the most. And don't go against what doesn't match what your platform is. So, so what if, what if all phone companies, your phone company Mm -hmm. started making it so that, in order to be on the family plan, you had to live in the same residence. See, I'd revolt. And turn, like, and turn on I'm your location so crap. down. Nobody else does that. Like, it would be different if that was already a thing. And, like, they're like, it's like, um, you know, like banks will sometimes set up, like, family-style accounts. It's like, you know, like a, a good example of that is for, like, my credit union. To sign in, you have to be a family member. And mm-hmm. so you have to come in and prove because there's, like... You know, it's a, it's not at a publicly open bank that you're part of that family. That you're either blood related in some way, or you live in the same house, adopted something like yeah, that. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. But when we talk about where Spotify is used, it is used on phones. Family plans are very loose, and it's like I, I guess there's some sort of validation there, of, but it's definitely not location based. You know, maybe you got to come in and it's like, oh, well, if you're both 35 years old, yeah, you got to prove you're married to be on the family plan. But, you know, then if, you know, you have a kid that gets on and they move somewhere, they're still your kid, they're still the family, you're still calling them the most, that's the family plan. Yeah. But Spotify is going to say, oh, well, you can have, you can be on the phone family plan and all your other stuff can be a family plan. Or really, a lot of places also do a family plan of like, well, you're just buying five licenses you just give them to whoever you want that's the people on your family plan so here here's an here's an example of something that i i thought of what if you live with someone like you're you're married or mm-hmm. your your boyfriend girlfriend and then you're in the military and they stay at home where you live oh, yeah. and you deploy to saudi arabia this location stuff is crap I, just, I know we've, I know I've probably circumvented like half the conversation because I knew we were going towards. No, you didn't. You didn't circumvent it. I, I, I wanted to. I wanted to hear you get on your high horse as much as I. My did. high horse on this is this is just logistically crap 
What what's to stop me from moving into an apartment complex and saying, "Hey, everybody, want to be on a family plan?" <laughs> GPS is going to show us all within this same so many yes, square feet. So many square feet. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just such an arbitrary. Like, how do you enforce that? Because anybody can then sign up for it. You're just you're breaking down the barriers to then put crap barriers up. Yeah, exactly. That I mean that it's a, exactly the same. It's the same, almost exactly the same problem. From the last thing, you're creating an mm-hmm. artificial restriction to solve a problem that doesn't necessarily need to be solved. Yeah. If it does need to be solved, there's other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it it is. I it I, I don't have the family plan, but if I did have the family plan, I would cancel my account on Spotify. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I mean, I don't really use mine. We had the family plan because, you know. We like oh we got multiple devices. I might just drop down to a single one because I don't really use Spotify anyway. But the thing that just breaks me with this is like, what was the driver for this? I gotta admit, I don't know how the family plan they, used because to work. the family plan is cheaper than two people getting it. Yeah, yeah, I so get like fifteen instead of twenty. Yeah. And so what they want to do is they want to force people that don't live in the same location mm-hmm. to buy their own plan. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I know the driver is the more profit. I'm just trying to think. At some point, you said a family plan counts as X number of licenses that you put on these devices. But now you're saying, okay, well, but they need to be in the same location. But that breaks the point of having the family plan. Like, I, I know that you know, there's people who are going to say, oh, hey, you know, me and, me and you, we're not related, but we could get a family plan. We could each have a, a license. Yeah, there's people that will buy the family plan for non-families, and yes, maybe you want to stop that. But what you're really doing is taking the people who are actually on a family plan, actually using it the way they're supposed to, and saying, okay, but that's not good enough anymore. Yeah, yeah, we got, we're, we got to punish you. It's the same slap on the hand that DRM is, in a sense. It's like, there's no way for us to stop the person, really, that's doing it wrong. So we're just going to put more restrictions on people that are doing it right and hope that stops the people who are doing it wrong. Well, but th- this is also going to force those people that are doing it wrong mm-hmm. to go back to doing something that... Because th- this is a cheap way for people to have legal music. It's going to force yeah. them to go back to exactly. doing it in an illegal way. Yeah. The, the people aren't going to suddenly swap. If, if you weren't willing to pay the the x amount of money it was the first time you're not going to be willing to pay the second time most likely and there are restrictions to the family plan like you share these libraries and stuff like that that's one of the reasons i don't listen to it as much all my wife's music on it right so i was already willing to put up with that if i didn't have to pay but now you're saying i don't I, i'll have to pay for it no i'll just cancel it i'll find some other alternative or i'll you know pirate my music or whatever at the same point we're saying for the people that did like that stuff well, now you can't have it anymore. And you're going to make me keep my location data on all the time. I mean, that killed me. I yeah. never turn my location on. Yep. My location turns on when I need my GPS, and, and that's and about then, it. And then what happens when that database gets stolen by people that are going to use it for nefarious reasons? And, or you decide to start selling that information. Yeah, that's true. There's that side of it to it. I like the idea, though, that our, our next big data hack is just like, Locational data <laughs> from Spotify. Like, I mean, that tells a, a huge amount of stuff. It tells it where does. you live. It yeah, tells if, where you go. If they keep the records of yeah. like where have you been, then I can definitely see it. I don't even, I don't even want. To, I just want the logistics of this. Like at some point, someone had to sit down. It's like, okay, what percentage of time when they're within a one thousand square foot radius? Well, I guess not square foot radius. A thousand foot radius counts as being a family. 
Like, yeah. we're, we're <laughs> defining how much time your phones need to be near each other to count as being a family. Being a family. Exactly. A- exactly. And that is some crap. What if you lose your phone? Well, I mean, like, there, there's all sorts of other, like, stupid things that yeah. kind of come. When you change phones, is that, and, and you sell your phone, it, if, like, you've been tied into that locational data, and that other person has, like, yeah. you know, that, well, like, I, how, how, how do you, how do you keep getting that data? How do you not get it? Mm-hmm. Like, is it just from the app? Like, I mean, I, like, there's, yeah. there's other, there's, there's all sorts of crappy things that can happen with this, and I'm just. Yeah, I'm also trying to, there's a lot of companies, you know, going back to tech startups, that don't have corporate phones. They have cell phones, but they right. might have cell phones that they use only in the office. My, uh, my sister's, one of her jobs is like that. She has an iPhone that literally stays at her desk. Well, I guess she can't count it part of her own family plan anymore. <laughs> like, I can't connect that phone in and call it the same service because that phone doesn't come home with me. Exactly, exactly. I can't, I can't do all this stuff. It, it, it becomes a ridiculous stupid logistical nightmare. Yeah. I I really feel sorry for the person that had to put that white paper together. So one of the things that I love about Google Play Music is I can, you know, I don't have a lot of these restrictions on it, but I can mm-hmm. also load up my own library and all these other things. And, you know, I've, I've tried Spotify for probably pretty close to a year now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got some good things. I like some of the things about it. It's got some good features. I mean, and, and it does have some artists that aren't on Google Play. But really, there is nothing that beats me having my own media collection. Just yeah. nothing. Overall, it's more flexible. I can store it on more devices. And I can create my own streaming service if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And Plex has that built into it. Yeah. And so does Andy. I can I can definitely see it. I know I'm an odd case in music because I love music. I have a huge passion for music. But I also follow nothing. I don't have artists. I just move through like music as just like a medium. And so I always get weird looks. My favorite music service, YouTube Plus. I, there's something about it. My wife can't stand anything I listen to. She'll look through my like most recent played songs and just stare at me. Like, <laughs> sometimes with anger. Because I've got... One of the things I'm really listening to heavily now, um, if you ever heard like the more recent like Irish-American songs, so, like all of that come out of Boston, where it's like it's like Irish music, but it's like in rock, yeah. almost. Yeah, the Dropkick Murphys, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Flog and Molly. I've... Well, uh, I've I found those and I liked that stuff. It wasn't super great for me, but now I found another band that's got a few songs that has taken the Irish rock songs but put the bagpipes and stuff back in it. Uh, well, I mean so, that's that's what Flogging Molly and, and uh, Dropkick Murphys do. No, but I mean like, do they take out the lyrics and they take out the guitar and they take like they take out everything that's not a traditional instrument and put an in- a traditional instrument back in it? Oh, so it's like rock music played on bagpipes. Oh, okay. I got you. That, that's that's like the hurdy gurdy lady. Maybe that d- does. Uh, kind of stuff oh yeah. Like that. Uh, I don't think I know the one you're talking about, but like the hurdy gurdy style. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. And it's it's really cool. And I'll sometimes like leave in the rock drums, so yeah. like a little bit to it. And but I've got that mixed in with like you know somebody. <laughs> what I listen to for laughs is they've taken a whole bunch of the SpongeBob songs and like put them into trap music. So it's like, if you remember, like, the Krabby Patty song, yeah, like, learning how to make a Krabby Patty, imagine if, like, every song in Spongebob was like that. It's, uh, 
And I love it. I just love being able to be like, oh man, somebody made this. It's got 100 views. I'll put that in my playlist. Which I don't even have. I listen off of most recent. I don't even yeah. keep like likes and stuff. But there's something about just being able to have anything. Because I mean, like, when you don't follow artists, I don't know what the newest album for anything is. Which I know is like part of the experience I don't get. But there is something funny about like, oh... I listened to this song and I went down the similar songs. The similar song number two seventy two. That looks cool. <laughs> I've lost songs before and found them years later and been excited. Been like, oh, that was that cool one. Yeah, well, you know, if you kept your own local music, you might not have that problem. Yeah, I used to do that. Girl, I had tons of CDs and things like that. But I'm so bad about music. Like I, I generally don't listen to full songs. I'll get a minute and a half into a song and switch to something else and then do that. My my kid does it too, so maybe it's just like a, a genetic trait genetic or something. You just you get bored easy. You're, you have she, a short short attention. She span. gave me a rant. I was like, I just want to finish one song. I just want to finish <laughs> a song. I'm tired of you know, ten seconds into a song and then we switch to a different one. So uh, you got anything else you want to say about how Spotify is? No, is that's just on us that's all? just rough. Why do it? I mean, I, I, you're trying to get more profit. I get it, but you are just you're gonna hurt your customers. That's gonna be a nightmare to enforce. Yeah, like, it's gonna it's it's gonna that's gonna be one of those things that if it if it doesn't if they don't if they aren't careful it'll it'll really hurt their company. Yeah. So uh, we have uh, Twitter and uh, some email and stuff like that that are links in our show notes uh so when this comes out feel free to hit us up if you want to tweet us or talk to us about uh how we've we're doing now that we've taken these breaks in the middle mm-hmm. of the year uh, we're going to do about 10 more episodes this year and then um we'll go into season three uh hard to believe we've been doing this for almost three years now. yeah it's true season two but it's three years later yeah. i was looking back through some stuff and i was just like wow we've been doing this for a while so yeah, we've recorded a lot um, of episodes so hopefully uh, there'll, there'll be some good stuff to come. But uh, otherwise, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening.